What's going on, guys? It's Danny from Fantasy Stock Exchange here, bringing you the third installment of our mock draft series. As I prefaced the last couple of days, we actually went through the Yahoo uh, rankings on Friday and Saturday. We actually went through the NFL.com fantasy rankings. But today, we're going to be doing our mock draft based on the ESPN rankings. Again, a lot of you have your home leagues, work leagues, whatever league you are in on these three main platforms that kind of run the fantasy football industry. So we're just giving you different looks in terms of uh, what your draft may look like based off the uh, rankings that they have on those certain platforms. But today I'm actually joined by Justin Toff from Father Son Fantasy Football, regular guest on the channel. You know, you guys know him by now, the beauty himself. How are you doing today, Justin? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I mean, I could be doing better. Thunder kind of pissed me off yeah. the other day, but hey, what are you going to do? Hey. The Lakers pissed me off last night. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're not this. doing so good. We're recording this on the Saturday, and man, like Lucas is probably just watching this video, licking his chops because I was like, "Oh, Lakers before, Lakers before" in the chat. But, uh, yeah, that was that was a mess. I was ripping a poker game with the boys and fucking look over, see see we're fucking getting their ass wet. I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not watching the rest <laughs> of this game." But anyways, viewers are here to see a nice mock draft. Let's bring it to them. Fire! You're picking from the four slot. I'm picking from the five slot. Should be interesting in what happens. So. Let's kick it off. Start this draft, baby. Draft is loading, and we're just going to be giving the viewers the draft board view so they can kind of see what goes on in front of them. But, yeah. I'm nervous. Uh, nervous, <laughs> eh? just, just like hopping into your first home league. You're on ESPN. You're nervous. You got, you got an absolute stallion behind you sniping all the picks, you know. But, <laughs> let's oh, get shit. it. <laughs> <laughs> now, we're we're going to be doing some snipe action on each other, so we'll see what happens. If the first three picks isn't like McCaffrey, Barkley, and Elliott, I'll be hella surprised. But McCaffrey, Barkley, yeah. <laughs> uh, pr pr pretty consensus top three at this current point in the offseason. But who are you thinking about at four here? Well, right now my, my draft board is still loading. Thank you, Fancy oh. Press for the internet. So, uh, <laughs> Shout out. But I I'm going to be going Kamara here. I'm not worried about the holdout. The holdout, obviously, people can be a little hesitant about. But I believe he's going to get signed. They said they're, they're close to a contract extension. It's between Henry, Clyde, and Kamara for me. But I'm going to go with Kamara here because targets, man. Tar De targets fair. matter. Here and we go. There we go. Just showed up on my screen. Yeah, definitely fair with Kamara. I mean, uh, if, we get, if he gets that contract figured out, the back is all settled. I do still believe he's in that elite tier with the Barkley, Elliott, and Kamara. And at five here, I mean, I will typically smash Clyde Edwards-Hilaire all day, every day at this spot. But uh, I'm going to mix it up this draft. You know what? I still really like Derrick Henry. He's still my RB6 in half PPR. So uh, let me mix it up, spice it up for the viewers, uh, get a little ownership on Derrick Henry in this certain mock draft. So uh, let's go with uh, the big beast from Tennessee over there and Derrick Henry. And, uh, hey, man. It's one of the only running backs to have their entire offense centered around him. So I do like Derrick Henry this year, and I wouldn't fault anyone for taking him over Clyde. Or, you know, like you said, mix it up a little bit if you have a couple of drafts to do a different share with. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you saw the big smile come on my face because you see who's listed still on the board. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and I'm uh, going to be going with Austin Eckler. I mean, this is clock where he's falling to the 208 in your drafts. Don't let him fall. I mean, quarterback in the first round, quarterback at the 204 over a guy in Austin Eckler who's going to be the lead back on his team and probably see around 90, 100, possibly 110 targets. I mean, he is going to be a beast yet again in fantasy football. Love me some Austin Eckler. You know this by now. Clockwork, pairing him and Derrick Henry in the 1-2 uh, rounds. So you're thinking here at 209, eh? 
Well, I just changed these lights to red, baby, because uh, Kenyon Drake's still on the board here at 209. But I mean, it's a no-brainer. Arizona's offense was one of the best rushing offenses last year. Their O-line surprised everyone. And this year, year two in Cliff Kingsbury's system, Kyler should be more efficient. Freezing linebackers, Kenyon Drake, at least 60% of the rushing back touches in that offense. And he's going to have some spike weeks, too. And to pair that with a guy like Alvin Kamara, I'm very, very happy to do so. For sure, as we see afterwards, uh, Chris Godwin, James Conner, Travis Kelsey, uh, Kenny Galladay, Juju Smith-Schuster, and George Kittle all going off the board. So the two tight ends getting picked right before you. Uh, I, man, if one of those, those guys fell to me at 305, I probably would be doing jumping jacks all over this room. But, yeah, <laughs> who are you thinking here? So 304 is where it gets interesting because I typically like to start at least three running backs out of my first four picks. So the guy I'd be looking at here would – be Jonathan Taylor this early. I, I believe the guy's a stud and has league-winning upside. But you have these two wide receivers looking at me in the face. One, Allen Robinson, and the other one, DJ Moore. I know you love DJ Moore, <laughs> and so I, you know I got to go DJ Moore. Here, <laughs> Snipe, snipe action. Oh, man. That's that, a wide receiver, five upside, and they're going to be down. Negative game script, City, NFC South. They're playing in a dome for at least four games out of the year. And also having arguably the worst defense in the NFL just means light it up in the passing volume. I mean, if you have any tiebreakers with DJ Moore or somebody else, just think about the receivers in that division and then think about the cornerbacks in that division. That'll kind of give you a glimpse about how the actual games will go in those divisional matchups. I mean, plain and simple. High-powered offenses, you got Carolina, Atlanta, New Orleans, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, uh, as you mentioned, it was a toss-up between you, uh, for you between DJ Moore and uh, Allen Robinson. I'm actually just going to be going with Allen Robinson, getting that safe wide receiver one. I mean, this guy's going to get 150, 160-plus targets to pair with those stud running backs that I got. So, I really like the start of this draft. Uh, definitely going well. Yeah, and Allen Robinson, great pick. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor just fell to me at the end of the fourth. Oh, my God. <laughs> So that, that should not happen in any of your drafts, but if he is there, it's a free select. So have fun with that pick, man. <laughs> and the thing is, is I love Robert Wood so much that I, I would just typically smash him here. But, man, Jonathan Taylor just should not be here. Like, easy. RB3 on my team. Don't have to rely on the instant first two weeks or three weeks of production specifically from him. But, man, after that, he is going to be bonafide workhorse for those Indianapolis Colts. So definitely like that. I don't like you right now. Not gonna lie, that one hurt. You mentioned Robert Woods being there, and he shouldn't be there. So I'm gonna go with Robert Woods here, at fourth round on one of my automatic wide receivers, just because the volume's gonna be there. One of the most pass happy offenses in the league. Dude's had over 130 targets the last two seasons as well. So, and he should have some positive touchdown regression this year. So that's Hilarious. the biggest thing with Robert Woods is touchdowns. But if he gets touchdowns, then it's game over. Like he, yeah. he's he's already a 90, 100 catch upside guy, especially in a high powered, high volume offense in the LA Rams. So, one of my favorite receivers. You get two of my favorite receivers and more. And Woods, last two picks. I do. So looking, nice. I was gonna go Terry there, but I thought he'd possibly make it back to me. Of course, Team Two decides to take him on me. So no, <laughs> you, no Terry two. McLaurin. Thank you, Team uh, Two. That would have hurt my soul. If you getting both my my guys at the receiver position. <laughs> so. This may surprise some people. I mean, I didn't plan for this to happen, but there's a guy that's a running back for the Rams as well, and that, that's Cam Akers, man. And I, I think that week one, Darrell Henderson has a hamstring strain right now. It seems to be pretty serious. So coming out of the gates week one, he should have at least 15 touches, minimal. And volume is key in fantasy football, and I'm okay with having 
Robert Woods and Akers on the same team. I believe they're both going to be getting volume, and one's a running back that has league-winning upside potentially. So, yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, Cam Akers is a very fine pick there. I actually recently moved him up in my rankings. He is now my RB19. So great value there, in my opinion, in the fifth round. Uh, this, for me, all offseason, is 100% a smash of DeAndre Swift. Again, given the uh, concerns with the injury going into camp, I do think possibly I can wait on him, maybe get him at that 608 and solidify my wide receiver two position here. And uh, doing that, I will be taking Devontae Parker, wide receiver from the Miami Dolphins. You get the safety with Alan Robinson. Ends up. Upside, with the <laughs> upside that Devontae Parker brings. So uh, I'm fine. Again, people are going to bring up the Preston Williams <clears throat> Preston Williams splits with him. Preston Williams is not going to be healthy Actually, starting week one. Secondly, I got, a, I got a cool little fact for you about the Preston Williams splits, right? So everyone's going to talk about how Devontae Parker didn't get a lot, like he didn't do much the first half of the season. But then when we went out, obviously, when Preston Williams got hurt, all the targets went to Devontae Parker. But it turns out the Dolphins actually played better as a team one target in Devontae Parker like that. They averaged about 75 more passing yards a game, went from 200 passing yards per game to 275 passing yards per game, one targeting Devontae Parker heavily. So it wouldn't surprise me to see more of the same thing, even with Preston Williams coming back. I fully agree. And I was also going to mention the fact that the splits with Preston Williams was with Josh Rosen, at quarterback. Obviously, that guy just got cut a couple days ago. Plain and simple. That could Ew. Also, that, could, <laughs> that could also be uh, the factor of, uh, you know, two second-team guys having chemistry with each other. Rosen being the starting quarterback. Preston Williams getting thrust. They already built, built that chemistry through practice and stuff. So that could definitely be a factor as well. And as I mentioned, if DeAndre Swift's going to fall to me in the sixth round, I'm going to scoop him up. Don't have to rely on him right away, but I definitely like the upside that he brings. Yeah, him, him versus Acres is very tough for me. I go back and forth every single day. So today I'm saying Acres. Obviously, I took Acres over DeAndre Swift, but it's so close. If DeAndre Swift didn't have this injury, I think it'd be easier to be said. Same. But you know, it, better offensive line and all the way. So six oh nine, my guy fell to me in sixth round, and I'm I'm more than happy to take it. One of my my guys who I'm actually very high on, who I really sh- I mean I didn't expect to be as high on this year. But Marquise Hollywood Brown, man, this guy is a stud, and I, he has top fifteen upside. Listen to Scott Barrett; I mean, that's one of the smartest guys in the industry, and he he loves this dude as well as Grant Barfield and other smart analysts in this industry. And I mean, I wasn't the biggest fan of him, but he got the screw removed out of his foot. He's able to add weight now, and should not be limited this year. And he's going to be Lamar Jackson's number one wide receiver to go to outside of Mark Andrews. Yeah, I mean, I fully agree there. That's definitely a good pick in Marquise Hollywood-Brown, especially you got the stability with Moore and Woods. The upside that Brown brings is tremendous. Again, we actually had Dr. Edwin Porras talking about the Ellis Frank injury with Marquise Brown, and he does not believe it's actually going to be concerned for him to start the season. Plenty of opportunity to be the number two overall target on the offense behind Mark Andrews. So definitely a fine pick, especially at the 609. Really good value on him, by the way. Nice. But <laughs> go, ahead, go make your selection. Nice. Well... <laughs> As a guy here, I didn't I didn't get scary Terry, but I'm gonna get the teammate who's rising up my board drastically. I, I love going right in front of. We're sniping each other left and right, but this one's gonna hurt a little more. Antonio Gibson, man, oh, man. Uh, let's, let's let's add him to the roster right here. I mean, targets galore, negative game script galore, and he's gonna, now I, I guess gonna be the leading rusher for the team too, which was not expected at all. But he's automatically a top fifty pick for me now, and I just got him outside the top sixty. So I fully agree. I mean. I just moved him up my rankings. He's actually my RB21 now. RB21? RB21. Whoa, okay. He's my RB22. 
There you so, go. Hey, you acted like well, such we're right a there. there you, I mean, you and I, we're here, except for, you know, the Cowboys thing. Uh, <laughs> you can stay with that. <laughs> Don't kill me. But yeah, uh, going on the board here, actually, uh, I'm going to be taking Brandon Cooks here. Again, that offense is still going to be a high volume passing offense with Deshaun Watson, one of the top five or six quarterbacks in the entire league. I do think both Brandon Cooks and Wolf Fuller can both eat this year. With Who do you the, prefer? Uh, uh, I prefer Cooks because of the, uh, I believe, the oh. more injury concerns oh. with Fuller. I'm going to take him. Uh, I, uh, with the more injury concerns you're getting with Fuller, again, people want to associate Brandon Cooks as being quote-unquote injury-prone, but he's actually only missed two games in his career over the last five five years. And before last year, we had four straight top 15 finishes. So I still like Brandon Cooks. Again, sorry, I still like Will Fuller. Uh, even, like, to be honest, I mean, they're both going to go in the same range in your drafts. Again, if you're looking for a little bit more stability, in my opinion, I would go with Cooks. But I do think over the first few weeks, because of the rapport that Fuller has with Watson, he may get off to the hotter start. So uh, yeah. I like both of them. And looking on the board here, I mean, I like the running backs. Uh, I feel like I can wait and get a, uh, get a guy next round as well. But I'm looking at the receiver position. I do see a drop-off after this guy. Arizona Cardinals wide receiver Christian Kirk. Getting him at the 808, I think, I think is my wide receiver board. is definitely fine value on him. So I'm going to take him so- here. Be happy. <laughs> that's the guy i want right there snipe city man so i have two rookie running backs i have cam makers antonio gibson both are question marks in in their own right so it's tough for me to say okay i can rely on one of these guys but the guy that i can plug and play when i need to especially when they're gonna probably experience more negative game script than they ever have in years past is james white from the new england backfield yeah. i kind of i've kind of grown on him the last two weeks i was kind of off him starters off season but the more i look at it Cam Newton's best season was in 2018, and that's when Christian McCaffrey had his breakout year and targeted him a lot. And then you, James White, people say, oh, he doesn't have upside. Well, go look at his 2018 stats. He had 87 catches. Like, like what, This is a guy who's going to see over 100 targets this year. And in the red zone, when everyone's main focus is Cam Newton, he's going to get freed up and walk into the end zone, I think, a lot more than people expect. And Sonny Michelle being injured, Damon Harris being injured now, I think that he's got hidden upside in, in his offense for sure. Yeah, I mean, I definitely fully agree. I do think that James White is an incredible value this year in the eighth round. Again, this is a guy in PPR who's basically been a top 20 back every year over the last three years, and people always just disrespect him because, like, oh, he's this scat back or he's, he doesn't do anything on the ground. No, in fantasy football, in any type of PPR, half PPR format, those guys who receive a ton of receiving work have a ton of value, and they always go under undervalued amongst the community because they're not true, quote-unquote, bell cows, so... Who are you thinking at the 904 here? 904, I mean, oh, Clawford about to run out. Well, I'm going to go Preston Williams. We talked about him earlier. Yeah. I think this is a little early for him, but it's a mock draft. I can have some fun yeah. with that. Fins up, baby. For sure. <laughs> and uh, you're mentioning uh, James White as a receiving back as well. Well, uh, I'm going to go with the other one here, and I'm actually going to go with Tariq Cohen. Again, this is half PPR. I would obviously prefer him in a full, but again, he may get a, even a little bit more of a boost in the rushing game with Dave Montgomery being out. I, again, I don't expect him to be a fucking 15 carry back, but even if he's contributing eight, nine, 10 carries to start the season, he's going to have a ton of receiving work. Again, 104 targets for the guy last year, 79 receptions. I do think he can offer potential top 25 upside. And as my rookies are kind of getting acclimated into the NFL, as my RB5, he can kind of help uh, fill in that gap for when I'm not expecting huge production from Taylor and Swift to start the season. So I definitely like going with Tariq Cohen here. Nice pick. I'm a little off the comb, but here it's definitely justifiable. I'm not going to have any problems with it, especially if it was a little like around earlier. I'd be like, okay, Dan, maybe one, yeah. one, one second, one second, man. But here, yeah, that's a good pick right there. 
yeah, I fully agree there. Again, uh, I would have taken James White if he fell any day of the week, but you got, you, you got him as well. So looking at the board here, and uh, <laughs> I'm actually just going to be t- – you got two of my my guys. I'm just going to – or and I got one. So let me just take a fourth my guy in this video. And my guy at the tight end position is Hayden Hurst. I mean, plain and simple. The amount Dad of- walked by about five minutes ago. If you heard the word Hayden Hurst over here, he'd be like, wait, what? <laughs> he is going to get so many targets. Already talking heavily on him in the offense. If you guys want to check out more information on why Hayden Hurst is absolutely undervalued in fantasy football, getting him in the 10th round. This is a guy, in my opinion, if he plays a full 16 games, this may sound bold, He's going to be a top six tight end lock if he plays a full 16 game, simply because he is in Dirk Cutter's offense, is poised to take over Austin Hooper's 18.5% target market share, and the Falcons are the second heaviest pass split team in the red zone. So I'm going to take Hayden Hurst and not look back there. Yeah, especially our kinds on the board. I, I don't hate that. I have a couple of bets with my dad of Hayden Hurst. I'm, I'm a little lower on Hayden Hurst. I do. I see his upside, but I just prefer other guys going around him. But you, like you said, if he does play a full 16 games, top six is it's definitely in his range of outcomes. I'm not going to deny him the upside. And I made sure I have at least one share in Dynasty so I don't miss out if he does happen to break out. Now, 10.09, I'm going to go with my first uh, rookie wide receiver. I already got two rookie running backs. I'm going to go with Henry Ruggs here. Lynn Bowden just got traded, so that means Henry Ruggs stock up, right? Is that what people are going to try to say now? But he's going to be on the field right away, first-round pick. But they got to maybe feed him. I can see 100-plus targets in his offense uh, from the get-go. And he's got Uh, league-winning upside. I was going to say, speaking of that Limbaugh trade, I mean, you pick the guy in the third round and then literally two months later, three, what is it? Like four months later, we'll say, I don't want to do the math right now because I'm lazy. Uh, you end up trading him in the sixth for a fourth. That's just great asset management right there. But uh, anyways, go in your 11th round selection. I'll stop trolling the Raiders for a second. Good. I'm gonna take Chase Edmonds, not because I have Kenyon Drake. I think Chase Edmonds has standalone value. I've made sure I got him in both my big leagues this year, 100% ownership, and he's a guy that I'm willing to take. He's a top, and he's in the top 100 players for me. I mean, 60% of the touches going to get Kenyon Drake. They're not going to give him more than that. And Ken, Chase Edmonds has standalone value. And then you also have the other factor built in that if anything were to happen to Kenyon Drake. You saw what he did last year when he was the only running back in that offense. RB1 for the whole entire week. The one overall against the Giants, putting up 35 fantasy points. So, super talented player, and it's, it's a good offense. I fully agree. And I actually had my my guy at the quarterback position fall to me and Matt Ryan in the 11th round. After all the guys in his tier went three rounds earlier, I'm getting a guy in Matt Ryan to actually give me a little stack with Hayden Hurst in the nice. 11th round. Easy. So this is why you wait on quarterback and one quarterback leagues. If you take one in the first 10 rounds, you're, you're stupid. How's that? Unless <laughs> Dak falls to like the eighth, but it's not going to happen in your casual leagues, unfortunately. Yeah, no. Oh, the quarterbacks are going to be off like hotcakes uh, in your casual league. So just make sure you, you monitor that situation. So looking on the board here again, uh, the only running back really worth it. Or there's only a couple running backs really worth them. I do like Bryce Love, Jarek McKinnon, uh, Anthony McFarland. There's a few guys there, but they're kind of all in a similar tier. And I feel like I can get them at 1305, at least one of them. So looking at the receivers, uh, I do really like Michael Pittman Jr. and LaVisca Chenault. You're going to be seeing this a day after I took Visca Chenault in last draft. So let me spice it up, take the other rookie. I'm going to be going with Michael Pittman Jr. of the Indianapolis Colts. I do think he can have a significant role starting this year for that team as their possession receiver. So definitely like that. Yeah, LaVisca's going up my board too, especially with this whole Fournette getting released thing. Oh, yes. He, he, he can carry the ball, and it'd be interesting to see him get some red zone carries in this offense. So I have a plan here, and you mentioned you have a stack with your tight end. So I'm going to try to take Matthew Stafford and stack him with TJ Hawkinson on the back end if he were to make it back to me. TJ Hawkinson, I believe, has a, a breakout potential. Year one as a rookie, seeing it 
over a 65% snap share in basically every single game he was healthy. That's very encouraging for future success and second year breakout tight end candidate for me is TJ Hawkinson. And hopefully he made it back to me. Oh, he did. Let's go. So go. Hawkinson over Gusecki. Those two I go back and forth between. John o. Smith also in the conversation, but I'm trying to get a nice little mini stack here. So yeah, I was, about, I was about to mention John as well. He, I'm hoping he falls to me actually uh, back at the 14th. Hey, you know what? Wait. So, okay, Jarek McKinnon did go. That's kind of who I was hoping to make it back to me. I'm fine with either McFarlane or Love, whichever make it back to me at the 1408. So, you know what? I'm going to stay true to my board. Jonu Smith is my tight end eight overall right now. Ooh, seven, to be honest. I like that. Spicy. See, you and I, we both we like these two guys. You know, Jonu yeah. Smith's a great, great He's pick. And I think it's a beautiful pick right there. And I mean, I got him, my, I got my, my guy and Hayden Hurst. I got Bush's my guy and Johnny Smith. We're just going full my guy draft today, apparently. And uh, <laughs> going to lock up Johnny, uh, another guy I absolutely love for the season with the breakout potential that he offers for you, especially in the 13th round. Are you kidding me? This is steal. But uh, as we start seeing the tight ends just fly off, like, damn. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> for real. Uh, so looking on the board here, you got some receiver. Oh, if this is going to. I'm taking Visca. Like, there's no Got way it. I'm not. Yeah. Like, the wide receiver six, lock it in. Put the pen on the paper. He's in. I love it. Awesome. It's a good pick right team. there. <laughs> like, I love this team. <laughs> like, it, it's a good team. For, I think both our teams are very, very nice. Oh, I want to yeah. know who you who you have between Ian Thomas and Irv Smith. I found myself having to decipher between these two guys in both my leagues this year. And I'm looking for a guy who has upside. I think. Ian Thomas's upside. He showed what he did last year having a good performance in week 16 or 17 it was. And then Irv Smith could potentially be the number two target in that offense. So who do you Great. go between those two guys? I, I personally prefer Irv Smith Jr. simply because, like, although, yeah, Rudolph being there does kind of hurt. I do think last year, again, they were the second most uh, highly used in terms of 12 personnel. I mentioned that in uh, when I was talking about Odell Beckham Jr. I was basically talking about how the Browns hiring Kevin Stefanski. He actually had the second highest usage in 12 personnel at 34% with the Minnesota Vikings last year as their offensive coordinator. Maybe the move to Kubiak kind of lets Irv Smith shine as this, you know, more used tight end, in my opinion, because he's more talented than Kyle Rudolph, plain and simple. And mm -hmm. uh, get, getting an upside guy like that guy, he was my one, of one of my favorite tight ends when he came out in his draft year. I do think he can supplement a role as the, uh, the tight end, or not tight end, Target number two or three in the offense, depending on how Justin Jefferson comes out of the gates. Because let's be honest here. We talk about the situation a lot. We know Thielen is going to be a mainstay on that passing game. But as Bush has alluded to a couple times in videos, uh, any team that throws the ball less than 500 times in one year all, uh, almost always improves by 60 or more, uh, more passing attempts the following year. On average, I believe it was at 64 attempts uh, that they would improve for the following year. Now, the Vikings had 466 passing attempts last year. So on average, that number should be jumping up, up to around the 530, 535, possibly 540 range. If that's the case, again, you know Adam Thielen's going to eat. They lost Stefan Dix and his 94 targets. There is definitely a role to be had on this team. I do think Irv Smith, his third year coming out of the NFL, can develop into that trustworthy option for Kirk. Yeah, Kirk Cousins. Sorry about that little mumble. I, I agree with that. I also go Irv Smith over Ian Thomas. It's close for me. So, like, say someone were to take Irv Smith, I'd be okay with Ian Thomas. But like you said, the the upside is there for Irv Smith. For sure. And uh, yeah, you got you got ranked number one here, eh, big man? Did I? I don't even know how to check that. Uh, it just shows here. You got <laughs> you got one. I got four. Yeah, nice little uh, team here. I got I got the starting edge. You got the bench edge. So 
overall, we'll evaluate the rosters, kind of give the viewers a little rundown of how we went. So again, I'm going to go through my, my team first. I ended up with Matt Ryan, Derek Henry, Austin Eckler, Allen Robinson, Devontae Parker, Hayden Hurst with Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift, the two rookies in the flexes. As I mentioned, though, I might take a bench piece and put them in for the flexes while they develop. Uh, Brandon Cooks, Tariq Cohen, Christian Kirk, John New Smith, Michael Pittman Jr., and Lavishka Chanel. I just noticed I had a ton of rookies there, and I kind of like that. But uh, bad thing. let me see what you got on your team. Tell the viewers. Yeah, so I got Matthew Stafford, Alvin Kamara, Kenyon Drake, DJ Moore, Robert Woods, Bobby Forrest, love that guy, TJ Hawkinson, Cam Akers, I may not play in week one, Marquise Hollywood Brown, I think it's a perfect flex option for my team, James White, Antonio Gibson, Preston Williams, Henry Ruggs, Chase Edmonds, and Irv Smith Jr. Two solid teams right there. Again, if you guys have made it this far in the video, make sure you go leave a like down below, comment what you think. Who do you think won the draft? Do you like my team better? Do you like Justin's teams better? Let me know your thoughts down below. Maybe any spots where we picked someone you thought somebody else should have been picked there. Anything you want to comment to, you know we reply to comments on the Fantasy Stock Exchange here. And make sure you go trust, uh, check Justin out. Justin, go plug Father Son Fantasy Football Podcast. Yeah, so my Twitter is at Justin underscore FFB, the Father Son Fantasy Football Podcast, Listener League, where we're getting that up and running soon. So you guys can enter that. It's in the pinned tweet over at Father Son FF on Twitter. Also doing a DFS podcast this year. It's called In the Money DFS Podcast at In the Money DFS underscore on Twitter with Coach Dan from Dynasty Theory. So that's going to be fun. Hopefully winning some people some money this year. But yeah, that's where you guys can find me. Check out the podcast, any podcast app out there. And that's the rundown. I mean, if you guys aren't subscribed to this channel, again, it takes a second. He goes, click. That's all you got to do, man. That's not hard. <laughs> yeah, for sure. As Justin alluded to, we're going to be coming at you as well with daily fantasy football content. Go win your leagues. Make sure you don't miss a video. And aside from that, I'm going to be signing off. Justin, going to be signing off. Anything uh, you want to say to say peace? Yeah. All right. Peace, peace is all I got to say, man. There you go. <laughs>